0: Welcome to another episode of Two Brothers Review, the podcast. I'm Reed Turley. And I'm Ty Turley. Welcome back to another quarantine edition of, of the TBR, where we're going to do a, a throwback episode to one of our favorite movies.
1: Because let's be honest, all we have are our memories right now, right? Yeah, I guess. I, I, we We've talked about doing a
0: few new release streaming movies, but then... Uh, don't think we've been too impressed with what we've gotten so far.
1: It's been bad. It, it's interesting. It's like this very clear example of sorting any movie that's, that they know is good. They won't put out now on, on streaming devices and any yeah. movie that they know is going to bomb at the box office. They're like, okay, yeah, we can put that one out on streaming
0: services. Cause like, there's nothing to watch. People will watch this movie. That's not so good. Yeah. Crazy. But we're excited to talk about, uh, I think this is a from the Turley VHS collection. That's probably one of the reasons we like it so much. Our family owned this, this movie, Sneakers.
1: Oh, that's interesting. I think you might have the causality backwards, but it's an interesting question. Yeah. Did, our, did we like it, it is... so much because our family had the VHS, or did our family have the VHS because we liked it so much? I don't think I contributed to the purchasing decision, so I'm not sure. <laughs> did you, did just... you see
0: this movie in theaters before? Getting the video Uh
1: I don't remember I'm sure I did see it in theaters actually I would have to if I would guess yes you would have only been like 11 <laughs> or 12 Okay, maybe oh. I didn't. I don't know I was obsessed with this movie. <laughs> this movie's been my favorite movie anyway we're getting a little ahead of ourselves, but this movie's been a, my favorite movie almost my whole life, I would say. yeah we're doing was... my favorite movie. And titan isn't even the one who suggested it. That's right so we can skip uh... ahead. it's a five.
0: Uh, well, that's all we have there. We'll just uh, enjoy your quarantine, everybody.
1: Yeah. Sorry. We didn't help you get through another 10 minutes of it, but it's not our responsibility.
0: Uh, all right. Well, let's talk more about Sneakers in a second before we do that. Ty, what is your favorite sort of hacking related movie? I guess that's not Sneakers. Uh, Or is it why you're like weirdly like Black Hat number one,
1: Sneakers number two? <laughs> no, Sneakers number one. Number one. Um, I mean, I think Tron came to mind. I like I liked the original Tron. It was trippy. Okay. That's um, a good one. Yeah. All right.
0: For me, I, I don't know if the whole movie's about this, but there's such a great scene in, um, I think it's Fast and the Furious 7, where all the cars get hacked and they start, like, attacking the the Fast and the Furious people. Like, they're coming out of um, car parking lots. They're, like, moving on the street. It's like the, the hacker controls all the cars and tries that's to attack the people.
1: That's awesome. I don't remember that, but that's, that's a good premise for a scene. Yeah, it was funny. Good. Okay, so then on Sneakers,
0: what is it that sort of stuck out to you as a highlighter. Why is it a movie you like so much?
1: Well, I watched it again, you know, for this podcast yesterday. And, uh, I just think it's so brilliant at the, at the misdirect and the reversal. So you think, you know what's going on, but it continuously switches it around, especially the first half of the movie before you fully get into the plot of them stealing it back from, um, Marty, no, not Marty from, uh, Cosmo. Cosmo. There's just, it's just an amazing misdirect after misdirect after misdirect, like the, oh man, now I'm not gonna be able to think of them. Like the, you think they're robbing the bank, but actually they're, they're working for the bank. You think Cosmo's lucky, but actually he's unlucky that he cheated Marty on who had to go get the pizza. Um, you think they're working for the NSA, then they're not working for the NSA. you think they shouldn't trust the Russians, but then you should have trusted the Russians. I love that stuff. I mean, I think it's really good writing and makes for really compelling watching. Yeah.
0: I think the, the people I watched it with were like, oh no, don't trust Liz or like, they like couldn't figure out kind of where the, where you could align with people. And that the line, the Russian tells them right before he gets shot is like, you, you won't know who to trust. And it just makes you really uncomfortable or, uh, yeah, you don't have a sense of like, where is the the bad guy or where is the source of this conflict coming from?
1: Yeah. I used to love that line. I used to say it all the time. <sighs> you won't know who to trust. Uh,
0: I, yeah, I think they also do a good job in this, like the, the pacing of the sort of three main heists, right? Like they don't, they don't show the whole time of him trailing the mathematician. They meet the mathematician. They watch the video of him. And then it goes straight to them, like recording him in his office. And then the heist, like, it just like, it moves really well. I I think that's pretty good too.
1: Yeah. I noticed this time watching it, it's very linear in the sense that, you know, you don't follow other characters. You just kind of stay with Marty the whole time and, and move from action to action. Kind of like you're saying, um, it's a pretty elegant or simple story plot wise. Yeah. A uh, thing that I liked is I think a lot of
0: movies have sort of a like the MacGuffin that item that everyone's searching for, but you know a lot of times famously it doesn't even matter or it's not explained, and I don't think the code breaking machine matters so much, but the dinner party scene where some of them are, are playing Scrabble and the other people are are starting to play with it and figuring out what you can do is so compelling. I think it's such a good scene. Yeah, and just like and it how, seems,
1: they, go ahead.
0: Yeah, how they they joke about, oh, like, do you want to crash the Federal Reserve? And like, what else can we hack into? And like, some people are taking it more lightly. And then um, I think Sidney Poitier's character is just like the CIA, the ex-CIA person's like, oh, no, like, we've got to shut this down.
1: Yeah. And it just happens. I mean, it happens in parallel action with um, Bishop figuring out the the too many secrets and at the same time figuring out um, the abilities of the box. And so it's this weird, like you're, you're as the audience member, you're inferring what's going to happen in one part of that scene based on what's happening in the other, going back and forth. So it's, it's just very satisfying, I feel like. And then it comes together at the end. It's also, another thing I love about this film is it's very funny, but it's not a comedy. I don't know. I wish I could write films like this where.
0: Yeah. They have great comic relief moments.
1: But yeah, just, they're they're just kind of natural, funny people. They're kind of real. So they do, do really have a, funny things.
0: Do you have a favorite sort of joke or thing that makes you laugh?
1: Oh, I don't know if I have a favorite. I mean, I love the when um, River Phoenix asks for the girl's phone number instead of asking for anything else. That's so, so good. So good. Um, mother always believing everything's a conspiracy theory it's so funny. Oh, that scene when Liz is like... Is like the man that you're following is uh, he's looking for a refined anal woman, and then they all <laughs> look at her. Um, yeah, I don't know. Those are the those are the kind of mine. It's well, just, think, yeah, you. You what, feel like you're in good hands. Like you want to be around these people. Whistler is very funny.
0: Yeah, it's interesting because I think they get sort of the heavy from the Marty storyline, but then you know the other people are just. Trying to get by, you know, they say they're in it for the money and like, yeah, it just provides sort of the mix of perception in the, in the conflict that they're facing.
1: Yeah. Um, Do you feel like the. The, Sorry, the last scene with James Earl Jones is hilarious. I mean, the whole scene is just so
0: funny. So, and it's just, he's perfect for that. He's like so imposing and like his reactions, like I will (laughs) not do that.
1: (laughs) Peace on earth. (laughs) I'll see what I can do. (laughs) That's all I ask.
0: Brilliant. And I really enjoyed the, the score and just like having that sort of like, kind of like high tempo piano sometimes instrumentals going on in the background. I think it it works really well in sort of those tense situations.
1: Yeah, it feels like a very I mean I love the score too. That's a huge part of why I love this film. And it feels like a kind of a I feel like the score feels very intelligent and it adds to this feeling that that these guys are all very clever. I don't know. For me, it has that effect.
0: Yeah, and then I guess as we get to Cosmo and it is Ben Kingsley, I don't know. Do you like that interaction between him and Marty? Like, does that,
1: does his sort of hatred for him make sense to you and his drive? Well, he's not, I think he's not a good person. I think that's key. Cause it, I can see how it, it's a little bit weird that he's so angry at him. Cause it's not like Marty did anything wrong. It's also interesting when, they, when um, Cosmo's getting arrested and he, like, I don't think I would yell out my partner's name through the window while the cops are holding me. Yeah. Uh, I would have tried to protect him. So, and and I think, I think the fact that he flips the coin and then, or not flips it, but hides it in a hand and then um, actually didn't have it in either hand. I think that's a key scene because it sets you up that Cosmo is not playing fair, not honest. He doesn't even mind screwing his own best friend. And then he says explicitly, you know, you can't you can't trust anyone these days, which goes along with you won't know who to trust later. So he, I think that is a key scene for us believing later that he would be vindictive enough to upload his alias to the FBI website. I think he
0: just I think he has a, I don't know, a heavy weight to him, like when he's acting. I think he does a good job and he's a pretty good foil for Marty in this movie.
1: Yeah, Marty's so I mean Marty is interesting too cuz he's pretty passive it feels like at times. You know, he's not he's not a high energy guy. And in part that makes him seem cool, but I also think it makes him seem a little bit like I don't know. Like he's they don't they don't chat when they reconnect. Marty's not like what was it like in prison? I don't know. <laughs> How are you still alive? They don't do any of that stuff that you might I think I would have Maybe been tempted to write, or I would have done if it was me as a human being in that situation. Marty's very much laid back, but I guess it's, he's also realizing that Cosmos has become kind of evil and ordering executions. And Yeah, a serious person. Yeah. Well, yeah. oh, and yeah, to have him, I think, I
0: mean, they do just kind of establish him as like pretty pure, right? Even the stuff they're doing is like stealing money from. Richard Nixon's campaign to give it to, uh, I don't know, a couple of like nonprofit funds and stuff. And then the bank job, he, he finally gets that check and the teller is like, Oh, it doesn't pay very well. I thought that was a pretty funny line. He's like, oh, okay. You know, it's just, I think he could be making no, more doesn't... money. If he prioritized money, he could be making more money.
1: No, I... a... you think, I don't think it's true. You don't think what's true. I don't think he could make more money if he wanted to. I think he's trying his hardest, and that's the best he could do. He could just be a real criminal and steal from banks. He could have kept all $100,000. Well, right. That's what I'm saying. It it shows he has a moral code. Yeah. She doesn't say it's not a very good one in the sense that it doesn't pay very well. She says it's morally not a very good job. Oh, I think the teller means it doesn't pay very well. I mean, she's looking right at the check. No, no, no. She says... You steal. You steal from banks in order to prove that you can't steal from banks. Yes, That's not a very good job. It's like you're not a very good person. She's attacking his, his morality. I'm ninety nine percent sure. I, I and my for my side, I think it's
0: totally about. It doesn't pay very well. Like it's not a good job paying wise.
1: Oh man, should we look it on up and on YouTube right now and then take a well? Maybe after the podcast, it's okay. <laughs> All right. Well, listeners out there, you you decide. Text us what you think if you're listening to this. Well,
0: as you know, I live in the Bay Area. I always love a San Francisco movie, and I've noticed it way more. Like, I a lot of movies take place in San Francisco Bay Area.
1: People love it. It's a storied area. You have that. um, I mean, yeah. I don't know if you saw it, but like the guy who's the toy designer lives in Palo Alto. You see that very briefly. Yeah. And uh, Janik is giving his lecture at Stanford, I think, they say.
0: I think so. It's just a little a little fun thing. I mean, it could take place anywhere. It doesn't really matter, but.
1: No. It's it's about. <laughs> it's, it's appropriate that it's San Francisco, right? Actually, I don't really know. I don't know the history well enough to know if in 1992 what Silicon Valley was like. Obviously very different than now.
0: Yeah, but Apple would have... I mean, all the computer companies would have been here at that time.
1: Yeah. So it's not... I don't think it's a mistake because it's all. It's a film about how using technology could make the world a better place. Okay. Well,
0: yeah, we were watching it with someone who's a programmer, and the little room they sit in is an actual supercomputer, and apparently a, a pretty famous one. Like, the, the guy we were watching it with knew the exact model of the supercomputer they were talking around like the little in, one in Cosmo's office in Cosmo's office where they go in like the glass door and there's a little half bench.
1: Yeah. Where that, they can't that, that, be monitored or
0: whatever. Yeah. That is a supercomputer. Okay. Nice. So kind of fun. They like, I don't know, got some things
1: accurate. Yeah. Um Yeah. I love to how they, um how Whistler uses his, the fact that he's blind so many com- times comes up. I don't know, three times. Where he's able to say, "Listen, don't watch," and what did it sound like? And those are just fun, really fun scenes. It, ma- it makes me just wonder if the writer has a family member or is blind or has a family member who's blind, or yeah, to have that focus on the other senses, to <laughs> uh, have him drive a car, hilarious. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's just a small <laughs> decline. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, you could tell uh, then, him to go slower. There's no hurry.
0: <laughs> yeah, there may be a few questions I have about this movie. We can get to in a second. Is that uh, I think okay. the last tag of the movie coming out is that news announcer saying the Republican National Committee's bankrupt, and these three funds got money. Yeah. So I mean, do you think the director, the writers, this movie has a very specific political lean?
1: No. Oh, I think that's or just it just fits it. the story. Yeah. I think it just shows that Marty's character, he kept the thing and he, and he went back. He couldn't, he couldn't get away from his old ways. That's ingrained in him. That's fun. I like that sort of mystery to it. It's very, uh, yeah, it's very satisfying too, but it kind of, it does raise the question. Why doesn't Cosmo come and kill him for the box? <laughs> Cosmo would realize that he still has it. He, and
0: just kill him anyway. Like he wanted to keep, he was upset enough with Marty he realizes he doesn't have the box. If he really is a super criminal in like organized crime, wouldn't he just send someone to kill Marty? Yeah. Should have been sneakers too. Never came out. (laughs) Uh, Okay. Is there, do you have any
1: questions or dislikes about this movie? No Reed, And you can't either. It's a perfect movie, huh? The pacing is a little, I mean, not the pacing, but the structure is a little weird. Like, it kind of feels like two movies. Uh, to me, I watching it this time I thought that of you have all these interesting twists and turns from the beginning and then the last third is just breaking in and getting it back.
0: Yeah. Kind of. It's that. weird to have the third act be the slowest.
1: Yeah. I guess you could say that. Yeah.
0: Uh okay. They record him typing in his password. He never touches the the W key. We we watched it and they're like, it's definitely a WG. Like it's,
1: this, it's, it's clearly never a W. It's true. He never gets close to the W. I okay. actually was thinking about it when I watched it yesterday. I was thinking about how hard that scene would be to shoot. Because you need the person to move in front just enough so that it's just on the border of their fingertips. I don't know. But yeah, then the they blocking. got the letters wrong. You're right. <laughs> it should have been Fs, well, and, I, Fs and Gs and Ts.
0: Well, and I wonder if the people... Even were I mean, they probably weren't even looking at anything, right? It was probably a blank screen, the actors sure. when they're talking about it, so it's just funny. It's just they're probably just saying whatever was written. Yeah. It's a mild mistake. Okay. And then I think this one is legitimate. How many guards show up at the end of when they're when they realize Marty's in the building? How many like guards with shotguns are there? Twenty?
1: I don't know. I don't remember. Where do that. they
0: all? Where do they all go? <laughs> like they catch Marty,
1: and they then the go only two, <laughs> just all go, inside. Well, yeah, they go. Well, where? Where were twenty guards have come from? Even I don't know. There were a lot of guards, and then I think they all sort of disappeared. Okay, that's fair. Can't argue with that. <laughs> I'm
0: just like, have less people show up. It could have just been like, I don't. The two. NSA, not really NSA agents, I thought are pretty good to being like, like they act like they're your friend, but they're so cringy and like evil. Uh, so evil.
1: Yeah. You get the satisfaction of getting of uh, Wallace getting smacked in the face, but I wish <laughs> I would have liked to have seen the other guy. The other guy's pretty smoked too. Oh, definitely. Like it would have been nice to have a reaction shot of him on the ground underneath the, the ceiling tiles or whatever.
0: Oh, okay, any other things you like about this movie you want to make sure we talk about we didn't hit on yet?
1: Uh, I don't know. I mean, his car is amazing. It's very cool. Super cool. The cocktail party is awesome. I always remember that. Yeah, that scene the is... C- it works so well. The scene when um, the CIA, former CIA guy is like, there's not a government in this country. Um, there's not a government in the world that wouldn't kill us all for that thing. Love that part. And and Liz has to stay and you just have the (laughs) tension between her and Marty saying, yeah, you got to say, sorry, stay, sorry. I didn't know we were going to go through the whole movie again. (laughs) (laughs) Well, There's just so many good parts, so many good directing moments.
0: Yeah. I think they do interesting things with color. Like a lot of the shots are in the dark or it's pretty dark, but like especially the one after the string quartet where they go down in the pool and it's really misty. Uh-huh. And and like
1: blue, I think that's a very cool shot. Why do you think the guy, the Russian guy, doesn't just tell him who those two thugs work
0: for? Yeah, maybe the mafia or organized crime has power in Russia too. Yeah. To keep the mystery up. I mean obviously it's like, oh well, it's not a government, it's organized crime. There you go. Don't trust anybody.
1: Yeah. Interesting. How awesome is the the Czech doctor too? The girlfriend. And that <laughs> the scene with the that scene is so ridiculous when they're telling him what to say through the earpiece. I love it though. I'm like, why did I say that? That
0: I don't know.
1: <laughs> Be a beacon.
0: Uh all right, Ty. Moment of truth. What are you gonna rate sneakers out of five? Six. <laughs> Breaking the scale. <laughs> Rarely used six. Okay, it's a
1: five.
0: Yeah, I'm also gonna give this a five. It's, it's such an enjoyable movie. I think, yeah, you can watch it. I don't know, pretty probably not all the time, but like every couple of years worth a rewatch.
1: I watched it with our sister, Marin, and she had seen it before, but, she, but every 10 minutes she'd be like, Oh, whoa, what? <laughs> I didn't remember that. It's just got a lot of good twists. Very good, cool. What
0: is one other thing you've been watching, reading, or listening to? You want to share with the listeners?
1: I'm, uh, you know, I'm cracking open the new season of Billions. Yeah. First episode of this season was so bad, like so bad, I couldn't believe it. But now I'm, I think they're up to about episode seven. I'm back into it. They got their, they got their mojo back. It's so good. I think it really peaked with the kind of ice
0: juice that like the drink storyline where they're like poisoning people. And then they did the weird thing where they were friends again and then enemies. And so I don't know. Billions is maybe on the down decline, the decline for me, but
1: still enjoyable. Are you kidding me? Last season was amazing. It was this incredible plot that you, that you seeing one side of throughout the whole season. And then in the very last episode, you realize, Oh shoot, everything was (laughs) done for a reason that I didn't understand. All these things that I've just seen for a whole season, I misinterpreted them all. I thought last season was amazing. Weird. I don't. And that doesn't it doesn't stand out to me, so I'm not and sure. They get Brian Dennehy. Or is that? No, not Brian Dennehy. Brian, the lawyer. He gets put in jail because yeah. he's made this moral compromise that you see. Also, you just see it in the last episode, but then you realize, oh, he's been doing it the whole time. Man. Okay. I, I love that season. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Alright, but yeah, billions is very good. I, I mean it's above average TV for sure. It's like yeah. really fun. Um okay, for me, uh I've been reading, just finished a book called Maybe You Should Talk to Someone. And it's this uh
1: oh. <laughs> cool. What's <But>, uh <laughs> do you, you want to talk? <laughs>
0: No, and you would think that might be it, and that is what it's about. That's like a therapist <laughs> writes about, like patients she talks to, and herself seeing a seeing a therapist, and just goes through kind of like, and there are like some principles of therapy that they talk about. But I just heard about it on a podcast, and they said it was a good book, and so I, and it was a super long wait list on my library. Uh, but I return books early sometimes if I finish them, and so I got jumped to the front of this wait list. They have this program like if you return books back. You can move awesome. forward, so yeah, yeah, I got to move forward like eight weeks. Remy found out I was reading this book, and she was pretty jealous because it's on her wait list, and she's like sixteen weeks away from getting it. And but, she doesn't turn, she does not return her books early. No, she's gotten this too. She gets the jump forward too. Sometimes I think it's just like there's a lot of I don't I mean, I don't know how it works some some algorithm, but uh, I actually thought it was good. I, I like the book. I think kind of the interesting or important aspect of self-reflection.
1: Okay. All right. That's nice. <laughs> self-reflection okay. is important. It's important. I love it. I'm here, Reed, if you ever want to talk. I, I do know. Thank you. Okay. All right.
0: <laughs> uh, well, this has been a throwback episode of Two Brothers
1: Review. I'm Reed Turley. I'm Ty Turley. Sorry we can't bring movie theaters back for you. I know. No power, tenant in November now. Oh, how far they got moved back? Did they move back to November? I thought they just I, moved back two weeks. Oh, maybe that's all. Okay. It went from July twelfth uh, to twenty second. Twelfth to twenty sixth. Twenty sixth. Okay. Tenant, I can't wait. But I. But you know, my prediction is that might not happen anyway. Who knows? Bye. Anyway, see you guys. Bye.